Death Before Booze may discuss controversial or sensitive topics and is not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. this past weekend before halloween did you have plans no i always just do spooky season stuff and get pumpkins and we do the carving the night before so that it doesn't go too that's why jerry is inside so he makes it to when i get to yeah him up exactly earmuffs earmuffs jerry <laughs> earmuffs jerry <laughs> oh my god oh my gosh what's your favorite thing about halloween and spooky season like what's I, your favorite thing to do i think it's just coming home and being able to watch Halloween movies and eat candy and pizza. And you're not obligated to be somewhere. So it's kind of like yeah. a, you yes. do your own thing. So I like yes. that about Halloween. I, I love all the stuff about fall. So I love this. What about you? What's your favorite? My favorite thing about Halloween is probably drinking Angry Balls and watching Ghost Adventures and making fun of Zach Bagel Bites. (laughs) But I do have to tell you, I do that regularly. So in our house, Ghost Adventures is our background noise. It's just constantly (laughs) running. We have a constant feed from Discovery Plus. But yeah, like I watch all the spooky ghost stuff. Like I can't watch scary movies because things popping out scare me. Mm. But like... Any sort of ghost show, so like anything with Nick Groff or Zach Bagans or like that. What is that? What was that? Oh, Netflix, 23 Days. Yes. You know where they all? Yep. Where they start testing out the Ed and Lorraine Warren theory about however many days is what you really need to get the full experience of a paranormal thing. Yeah. That type of stuff gets me going. I love it. I like, it. like I'm totally team, team booze, like yeah. all the way. I guess I'm team sinister. I'll go with it. But if I had like team booze, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> like the, are amazing. it's the paranormal stuff and it's fun to watch. Like I used to do oh my God, just so Ghost Hunters, the Taps one. Yeah. They were fun to watch and they were, you know, not like Zach Baggins who I'm like, oh my God, please shut up. I I'm Zach Baggins. <laughs> I'm Zach Baggins. <laughs> I used oh my to God. Be I think c- I told you this. <laughs> I, used to be a, I used to be. I used to be a cynic and now I'm not. You're like, God damn, shut up. <laughs> I don't know if I told you this story. When I was in college, one of my teachers, my advisor, his son worked with the TAPS people. Like he was one of their video people, like one of his cameramen. And I straight up said to him, I was like, dude, is half that shit fake? And my professor was like, well, they really debunk a lot of stuff. So they're very scientific in that sense. He's like, a lot of times my son will be like, yeah, this is bullshit or I don't think it's real. But one time they were in Ireland, Scotland, somewhere and a rock gets thrown and the rock hit the camera guy. And that's my advisor's son. Wow. And he has a mark. Like he needed stitches Jesus. or something. Like he still has the mark on his forehead from where he got hit with the fucking rock. He's like, so that was real. And I'm like, oh shit. 
Wow. I think that was the, that was the appeal of that show for me is that they were trying to see what the explanation was. And then there were things yeah. that they're like, we can't explain that. <laughs> That's the creepy yeah. part. If you can't explain it and we can't explain right. it, it must be something. <sighs> I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. And just in case anybody wanted to know, Riggs, Riggsy is going to be a... Uh, what are they called? One of the people from the Haunted Mansion. Oh, I love like, that. Yeah, he's got his little costume. Cutie. So he's been that for two or three years now. Because <laughs> it's just so stinking cute. I because love the Haunted cute. Mansion. I wish that like the cats would let us dress them up, but they just get so annoyed. And we're like... What about Nova? I bet she's new. She doesn't know enough to hate we're it. We're going to try to do like the uni- uh, like a unicorn thing. Try to... Because instead of putting it, because like they don't like things on their neck, but if you put it around their yeah. stomach, at least it's like, okay. So we're going to try that and see how that goes. I don't know. I don't that know. makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Did you see the new Haunted Mansion? Like, I really want to watch I it. I did not, but I, I am kind of interested in it. So. Yeah. And normally, like, I, I don't know. Normally that stuff, I'm like, I don't know. All right. So I'm going first for our Halloween episode and I'm going team booze and we are going to talk about Zozo, the Ouija board demon. Oh, no. And there's so much to get through with this. And I kind of ADD'd these notes. So (laughs) if shit starts getting a little bumpy, just ask a question. Hopefully I have answers. I can't promise anything. Cool. I love it. I love it. Love it. Got it. All right. So Zozo, also known as Mama, Oz, Zo, Za, and Abacus. Huh. He's named himself all these things. Those are his names. His words, not mine. He became more mainstream or popular in 2009. Okay. Okay. Supposedly, the more that you say his name, the more of a chance you'll have of meeting Zozo. We're going to say it like a bajillion times this episode, so everybody get ready for it. like Ouija board thing. Yeah. You're right? Yeah, no. Ouija board is a whole other story (laughs) that we will definitely cover at some point. Um, But this is the real reason why I will not touch a Ouija board anymore. I've had some real crazy experiences with Ouija boards. If you join Patreon, you will definitely be able to hear some of those stories because I'm going to record them for you. But now that I know about Zozo and I've not only researched him for this, but I've researched him in the past. Like I know, like I would be, was that subconsciously thinking about it? Mm-hmm. So either I would fuck it or I would actually like call Zozo and I'm not doing that. Um, so Zozo as a demon is known in Haitian, Vodun, Western Christianity, and some African religions. And mainly any way he comes in, he manifests some sort of possession. He's good at that. Okay. Zozo could also come from mesopotamian mesopotamian deity known as pazuzu um he was known as the king of demons and his main thing was causing famine and bringing locusts down on people in the land okay (laughs) all right yeah you might be like oh pazuzu that sounds familiar that is what they said that the little girl from the exorcist movie was possessed with yes okay okay Okay. yeah there we are everybody's like i know that fucking name that's why you know that name in western christian demonology Zozo was created from fire by God on the fifth day of creation who wanted to be a God-like master. So Zozo wanted some power and God's like, no. He can 
and has been confused with Satan. So there are a couple different stories about Zozo. So Zozo was another demon like Satan who was created by God and then he was, you know, cast out. Fallen, okay. Or yeah. it could be, yeah, fallen angel. Or it could be like Satan made him. And then sometimes he goes as Satan's brother or he impersonates Satan in general. So you got to watch out. He's a little slippery. I know you're shocked. Since Zozo is a product of Satan and is known as his evil twin, Satan has a lot of those. He looks a lot like Satan. Go on our website. You'll see like some depictions of him. Many believe that he's actually one of Satan's sons, but no matter what it is, he's dangerous. Don't fuck with Zozo. There are documentations of Zozo all the way back into the 19th century. The earliest written reference for Zozo was from 1816 by author Jacques Auguste Simcoli de Plassey. I'm French, y'all. Um, in his book booklet, ready? Dictionnaire Infernal. Infernal. Mm-hmm. Okay, as an American, Dictionary Inferno, which I definitely think I need. Um, and the story was basically of Zozo was possessing this girl with two other demons inside her. Um, and the girl would walk down the streets on all fours, sometimes forward, sometimes backwards. Sometimes she walked on her hands with her feet in the air. At times she would walk regular, but like still move her hands. She made everybody around her nervous because some chick is hand walking I mean, down the fucking street. Picture that weird crab walk. walk. No. Like, you know, where you're like, nope. yeah, <laughs> like nope. she did shit like that. Like creepy as nope. fuck. Um, nope. He was also referenced in the 19th century by French demonologist Lejeur Duvernoy. Nailed it. Duvernoy. Describes Zozo as the guardian of <laughs> the second circle of hell. Now, there is a lot of questions. Is Zozo like a real thing or is it kind of like a Slender Man because so much of it right. came out in 2009? But because of these little references throughout history, it does put a little bit more to it. So it, it kind of, is it something that we have manifested now? Right. Or has it always been there? And now, you know, we've named it. It's that kind of thing. So a lot of people are like, oh, this is bullshit. And then other people are like, nah, bitch, read the Bible. So what does Zozo do? Zozo likes to contact humans via a Ouija board, automatic writing, hypnosis, and EVPs. Mm-mm. Mostly loves Ouija board. This is, I said at the top, very much why I will not play with a Ouija board anymore. He comes out with, other things. Zozo is said to mimic the voices of the dead of the person who's using the Ouija board to talk to. So if you're like, I want to talk to grandpa, he'll mimic grandpa. So like either you'll hear it in your head or you'll hear it audibly or with an EVP. Also when he's like moving the planchette on the board, he will talk in a general way that your grandfather did. If that makes sense. Like sometimes I don't know if you've ever used a Ouija board, if you know what it feels like But you can get a feel for what's going on when you're doing Ouija, especially if it's like real and not somebody fucking with you, like playing and pushing the planchet around. He's a cruel, sadistic demon who likes preying on people's insecurities and fears. As you talk to Zozo, he gets angrier and bitchier and more of an asshole. And this isn't always all in one sitting. Zozo will come in and be like, I'm your friend. I'm grandpa. And tell you things because he's Zozo. He's a demon. He knows. Like demons are all knowing. They're like angels who have fallen or have been created by Satan, who was an angel. So they are all knowing just like any other entity. And and it's like the demons that infest us little kids to make it like, hey, I'm a kid. And then you're like, they want you to trust them so that you give them more power in a sense. You give them more of your energy in a sense because you want to hear more. So Zozo most often delights in telling people they will die soon. (laughs) 
um, how they will die and or he'll give people a countdown. And he loves to do this to women. Like he loves of to course. say you will die in 130 days and then start counting down for you every time you touch the board. Um, he likes to fuck with psychics. Uh, for instance, if a psychic is adamant that there are only two ghosts in the building, Zozo will confuse the psychic by claiming there are actually nine ghosts or 10 ghosts or 14 ghosts. Zozo, a lot of times, he really comes as three. So he's one entity he's one person but then if he possesses you or he's fucking with you he'll make it seem like he's three different people or three different demons or three different ghosts or just to like confuse you like no no you're talking to johnny instead of zozo say he's a little boy and that he's afraid uh of a malevolent spirit that is haunting the place and you have to help protect him so kind of like you know like you give him permission to use your energy or to trust him shit like that Zozo love watching, loves watching his victims squirm with confusion, and he really, like, latches on to gullible people. Oh. So, like, picture when you go to the walkthrough haunted tour, like, the haunted maze or whatever. Yeah. I'm the little bitch of the group who's, like, screaming and giggling and, like, go away. And then they follow me. I would be the perfect target for Zozo, hence why we don't do this. <laughs> He'll also fuck with friends. So if me and you were doing this, he would start to pin us against each other. Whether it be with the energy, with our moods, with what he's saying on the board. Like, he just comes at you with a full aerial assault and just fucks your life up. I don't like that. He is a master deceiver, which is not surprising since he also claims himself to be the devil. Right. The father of all lies. He can break glass, uh, windows, mirrors, loves doing that. He will scratch people playing with the board or just watching people playing. So if you're in the room and somebody's playing, you're, no. you're, you're up for grabs. Um, he is known to sexually assault female Ouija board players. So whether it be him or he'll like send an incubus Mm -hmm. to like fuck with you, shit like that, succubus, incubus, whichever one it is. He's also worsens anxiety, depression, and suicidal ideation. Yeah, this is why we don't do. He gets in your head and fucks with you. This is why we don't don't do Ouija boards. This is one of the reasons. So I'm going to go through Zozo and Ouija boards right now a little bit more. Okay. So all the stories regarding, regarding Zozo the demon are the same. You sit down, you play Ouija, you and your friends, everything's cool. And then at first you're talking to somebody that you want to talk to. So let's say grandpa again. Grandpa died. We're trying to talk with grandpa. And then they ask questions about the spirit of grandpa and whatever. And because he's Zozo and a demon, he knows all the answers. So he starts to get you, lull you into that false sense of security. Um, and then little by little, he'll start to get more aggressive. The time that you know you're fucked is when the board, the planchette starts moving in like an infinity sign, like an eight. And if ever you're playing Ouija board, and even if you know you're not talking to anything bad or you don't think you're talking to anything bad, the second that the planchette starts going in an infinity sign, the, or like a sideways eight, say goodbye, move, move the planchette to goodbye something or someone is trying to use your board to create a portal or that's what they say you know it it, the whole history of a spirit board is something else but supposedly he's starting to open a portal so then the next thing he'll start to do is he'll go between the z and the o like just back and forth z o z o z o z o after that happens is when threats start to begin so he'll start spelling out obscenities evps will get caught around now like he'll be threatening you He'll promise personal threats, whether it be to kill you, hurt you, drag your firstborn to hell. He's good at answering your question before you fully ask it. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. So, like, yeah, exactly. 
if you ask him how old he is, he will always go with zero and then start the Z-O-Z-O again. Crazy rapid movements. So with a planchette, usually will move in like a pretty steady, regular pace. This thing will be like, like that. Just like that. That noise is included. <laughs> um, he will announce himself. He'll either start with the Zozo or he'll just say, oh, or he'll do Oz, Mama, all that stuff. You will feel not okay. Like you'll feel like something's wrong. The energy's off. The energy's not great. And then you might see shadows moving about the room or the room in general might feel like it got darker. Oh, no. I don't know if anybody's ever been in a room or seen like a shadow figure and like you just feel the dark get darker. It's really weird. It's not a fun feeling. So I'm going to go through some encounters, possible encounters. So in 1951, Roland Doe was a boy who was possessed by Zozo after he used a Ouija board with his grandmother. He eventually was exorcised, but it was super violent. That is what the exorcist is based off of, uh, Roland Doe. So at some point we're going to have to cover that too. Yeah. But- That is what the jumping point was for the movie The Exorcist and what really created, like, possession movies and all that creepy shit. This is really where people were like, Ouija boards are bad, too. This is the reason Ouija boards really got a bad rap was because of that movie and this whole situation. In 1972 in L.A., a mother named Doris Blither used a Ouija board and found herself haunted by a dark entity which sought to hurt her and her family. Everyone in that family goes possessed. How does he do that? Point. How does he do everybody? Like, is that a thing? Well, that he's, can do? Okay, so if you think about it, I mean, they're demons, so I think they can be in multiple places at once. And if not, like, they have, like, minions. Like That's true. That's true. 1977 and 79, the Enfield poltergeist in Enfield, England. Another thing we will cover. That was that Ed and Lorraine case. I, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. I yes. think that's The Conjuring 2. I think that's, it's either The Conjuring 2 or 3. I don't remember which one, but the family was plagued by a malevolent force known as Zozo. In 2009, Darren Evans wrote about Zozo on, I think it was Reddit or on his blog, but we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. And then in 2012 in Tombstone, Nevada, a small group of soldiers, this one said, were off duty and decided to fuck around with a Ouija board just for fun. They made contact with an alleged spirit who told them they that he had died in Tombstone. They got in a car. They were on their way back to the base. They say one of the men was possessed and drove off a cliff. Jesus. Everybody in the car died except for the driver. Who who was was the one possessed. Oh, my God. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, And then finally in 2019, YouTuber Kyle Godfrey attempted to contact Zozo at 3 a.m. on his Ouija board. Perfect. Uh, made contact supposedly with Zozo. Uh, Kyle decides to take it further and ask the spirit if there was a specific number for Zozo. The entity gave him a number. I'm not reading it here. Gave him a phone number. And then the number called him. Nope. Mm -mm. Yep. Mm -mm. All the lights went out and the phone call went through. Poltergeist activity followed. And then when Kyle ended the call, all the lights came back on. Nope. Don't thank you. No, yeah, thank you. I don't like that. No, thank you. Okay, so now let's talk about Darren Evans. So he's the one who really wrote about Zozo and brought it to light where people were like, yeah, no, I've experienced this too. So he wrote about meeting Zozo on the Ouija board in 2009. Everybody agreed with him. He explained how the first time he encountered Zozo, it was with the board and it flew through the Z-O-Z-O. He couldn't stop it. Some people even say that they've met him on an Ouija app, which I did not know was a thing. 
or even just like a makeshift board. So you made a board out of a piece of paper and wrote, yes, no, ABCD, don't do that either. Mm-mm. Actually, if you do that, a lot of spirits think like you're chintzy, basically, like they think you're copping out, like you're making a joke of it. So they'll actually get really upset if all you use is a piece of paper and like bullshit. Like they want you to put like, actually want to talk to them. It's like weird. Um, so after the first issue with Zozo that Darren had, they finished playing, they ended the session and he walked into the bathroom and found his infant daughter in the tub. The water was running and the baby was floating. So the water's like overflowing out of the tub. The baby's floating and she's got her head up like instinctively to like do whatever the poor baby could have died. So he shut off the water and saved her. The, the his wife or girlfriend at the time didn't remember putting the baby in the thing didn't remember turning the faucet on nothing like that they brought her to the hospital just to get her checked you know she was in the tub they don't really know what happened so they took her to the hospital to get her checked they found out she had some form of an isolated infection she was in, admitted into the hospital for two weeks and she had to be um isolated she had to be put the baby had to be put in isolation because she had this horrible infection for two weeks his girlfriend at the time who was normally happy outgoing light of the room or whatever was depressed started keeping to herself she wouldn't go out she had really horrible negative thoughts um so his daughter's in the hospital and he's trying to like you know keep his mind off of everything going on so he's he has a project that he's working on he being stupid which i don't fucking understand like how do you think this is smart? Being stupid, he goes to the board nope. and asks Zozo. Yeah, fucking idiot. He goes, Zozo, man, I'm doing this thing. I got to make a band name. What should I name the band? And he Zozo writes back, Iron Tongue. Okay, okay. Iron Tongue. So they get a call from the hospital later that day no. that the daughter's tongue had swollen up. She um, couldn't breathe. And her tongue was so swollen that it was as hard as iron. No. All I have here is why the fuck would you do that? Are you fucking dumb? Don't we have enough issues? He was being stupid. Yeah, I mean, duh. Like, yeah, of that's all what things, I. That's what I wrote in my notes. Ask the freaking board. Hey, by the way, what's a great band name? Like, why <laughs> would you do this that? Why? Yeah, you already have issues. Let's do that. Oh my god. Um, I can't. Visitors to his house would say they could hear talking or like growling from the walls, like coming out of the walls and objects would get thrown around. Doors would unlock and open themselves and then slam and lock again. Um, He was choked out one night. Like he woke up to choking and as he was blacking out, he, he um, I don't know what he did, but it stopped and he heard in his ear, go kill yourself. <laughs> what the fuck? They wanted to test Zozo because, you know, that's what you do. You test demons. That sounds like a great idea. After he just told you to go kill yourself, like you're going to be like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fuck with this guy. I don't think so. Can't wait. Can't wait. Let's find the biggest, angriest guy at the bar. Have two shots of tequila and piss him off. Like, what were you thinking? You fucking idiot. Um, Sorry, Darren. I I really liked you on Ghost Adventures. He wrote a list of words on a piece of paper and put the piece of paper out of the room. And as he was walking up to the room to go ask what the words were, Zozo was already spelling them out. (sighs) Nope. Hard pass. Hate that. 
Darren's been on multiple episodes of Ghost Adventures. They went back to the house where a lot of this happens. Evans tells more stories and goes more into detail about what happens. He tells this story about his daughter. I watched this last night. That's why I'm like freaking out about it. <laughs> he tells this story. He's in what he called the safe room. There was one room in the house that he could go to and he knew Zozo wasn't there. Zozo's everywhere. So he's in this room. He's in his safe room. He's coming down from the anxiety. Because now the whole house is just constantly anxiety, depression. Yeah. Like They are being oppressed. They are moving towards the possession stage. Yeah. And he's there and he hears a whap on the floor. And then his daughter starts screaming. So I guess his daughter's older now. I, I don't know the whole timeline. So as he's running down the stairs, because his daughter's on the, second, on the first floor and he's on the second floor. He's running down the stairs. He sees his daughter levitating and getting ripped through the house and she ends up in the basement so he gets down there she's freaking out and he supposedly hears zozo like laughing or something in the basement where he finds his daughter who had just been ripped from the first floor to the the basement i'm out i would have moved i don't like i will live in my car i don't know what to say I, I just, I think I would just be like, I'm going to burn the house to the ground and I'm going to figure out something because I can't. I don't like I it. I don't. <laughs> okay. So while they're filming for Ghost Adventures, Nick is playing with Darren on the board. And from the second they stepped into this house, shit was weird. So the doors were opening, like a door opened on camera. Um, Then they were upstairs and they're doing whatever. And Darren and his wife at the time, I think her name was Christine, Christina. She's like, I don't want you to do it. I don't like it. My husband was possessed. I don't want you to do this. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, we're going to pray and we're going to do this. No, don't do it. I feel like the prayer um, before like a Ouija board, it's it's kind of like it makes it worse because I think that's what the demons are laughing at. They're like, <laughs> you think your prayers are going to help you. <laughs> so, oh, my God. I didn't even think of that. Right. Like that's that to me. That's Shit. what I think of, because when you think of the exorcist and you think of okay, the power of Christ compels you and all this stuff. But it got mad. It got like worse when yeah that started to happen so i feel like if you were to be like okay before we do this ouija board it's all let's all pray i feel like that's a fuck you and i'm gonna you know like I, yeah it's like the beacon light yeah came up and now everybody knows yep. oh god yep. i didn't even think about that okay that's some of the crazy shit so now they're playing on the board at one point they're playing and the wife left and came back and as she's coming back up the stairs you hear her and she like sounds different like her voice sounds different and she walks in the room and her belt is undone her pants are undone and she like they're in a dark room they have all the lights off so i don't think they noticed it at first but nick's like something's wrong and she comes in and they're like, dude, we made contact with Zozo. And she's like, I know. And they're like, how Like, how do you know you weren't even in the room? She's like, he told me. And then he sexually assaulted me. What the fuck? Yeah. The fuck? So now she's like, ew, it smells like rotten flesh. Something's dead yeah. here. It smells terrible. And then she runs back out of the house and she's going, fuck this house. I hate it here. Da, da, da. So she leaves. And then... They go back and Nick is sitting on the bed. They bring in one of the other guys. I think it was Jay or Billy comes in because he had an experience with Zozo at one point. So now it's Darren and the other guy who both had experiences with Zozo. And the board spells out Nick G. That's one of the people there. Nick is sitting on the bed. It spells out his name. And then Zach goes in on the like walkie talkie and is, do you want to hurt Nick? And then they start fighting because Nick's like, bitch, you come in here and deal with this. And 
Zach's like, don't put this on me like I'm saying it. Because oh. Nick's like, is Zozo talking through He's, Zach? Oh. And Zach's like dude, don't put this on me. I'm not saying it. Zozo is. And he's like, well, how the fuck do you know Zozo's saying it? You know? Did I? And then the board starts going, ha, 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 ha. Like, H-A, H-A, H-A. You're like, the Zozo asshole. thing does. Yeah. And they're like, dude, he's laughing at you. Like, so this is all the shit. Thank God they shut the session. Like, they ended it there. They shut down the session. The wife disappeared. Like, she ran away. They had to go find the fucking wife somewhere. It was just, it was a crazy episode. It's not, like, the best episode there is out there, but it's, like, just it's so hectic like you can just see what the situation is with this like presence there like it just gets chaotic so darren evans being a glutton for punishments decides to join ghost adventures crew again on a hollywood halloween special so he comes back but this time they're in vegas they're at the haunted museum because that's going to make it better with all the shit that lives there and they start another session zozo immediately comes in and for whatever reason he says production shut it down they had to stop filming whether it was like a commercial or a something but they never close out the session so he goes home and this is all his words on november 3rd of 2018 i was hospitalized with severe upper respiratory infection for two weeks i developed sepsis and began coughing up blood doctors tested me for influenza and it came up negative days prior i had conducted a live ouija session on the show ghost adventures during the broadcast the session was getting started when zozo was spelt out but before we could continue we were asked to shut it down due to network timing no closing of the session was done, and days later I was hospitalized. The day after I got back home, I developed a high fever for several days, which led me to coughing up blood. I was near total collapse when I was transported by ambulance to St. Francis Hospital with dangerous symptoms. Somehow I developed sep- septic shock from some kind of crazy infection of the blood and lungs. I could barely breathe and became semi-conscious as doctors worked to treat me. Not long after, my brother Travis was found dead in my mom's house in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which is right around where that house was in Oklahoma City. What the? Within a week, my lifelong friend Roland died from a tragic accident in Tulsa. Never in my wildest nightmares would I have thought that both Travis and Roland would wind up lying next to each other in a Tulsa morgue, but that's exactly what happened. Two years later, we are in the grips of the worst influenza pandemic the world has ever seen since Spanish influenza in 1918. COVID-19 erupted in November of 2019 in Wuhan, China, days before the new coronavirus began its reign of destruction. Zach Bagans tweeted this cryptid spontaneous post. We near 2020 and we fear Zozo. Oh, no, I don't. I don't like Zozo. I don't like Zozo. I'm just gonna. Uh, I don't like that. I don't. Um, In case anybody wants to know, uh, Darren Evans has starred in a movie called I Am Zozo from 2013. It was a bit of a flop. I also have read his book, The Zozo Phenomenon, which was released in 2016. It is available on Amazon and Kindle. These are just some quick things. If Zozo ever contacts you, remain calm. Demons and other evil spirits. Feed off of fear, so take deep, calming breaths and try and steady yourself. Close your Ouija board session immediately. If you are playing Ouija, move the planchette to goodbye. If you're using another type of contact method, close that off immediately, too. So um, Do so, not speak his... I'm yeah, sorry. I, how do you... Do you just close out the Ouija board session by just going to goodbye and it closes everything? You say goodbye and, and you bring, bring the... Yeah. Pan- so, okay. Mm-hmm. So I... Because yeah, I don't a know lot of times, that does it. Like, it's just goodbye and it's 
Okay. Yeah, I think you have to verbalize it, like actually say, okay, we're closing the session, goodbye, goodbye. and then okay. go to okay. goodbye, but you have to in some way okay. hit that goodbye. Do not speak his name. Speaking his name gives him power. Avoid saying it with all costs. Now that I've said it 700 billion times this one. <laughs> Seek help if you still feel Zozo nearby. Um, go to a paranormal professional or religious leader, such as a priest or rabbi. And finally, do not continue using spirit communication, especially that particular form of communication after you've spoken to Zozo. Um, if it's an Ouija board, don't ever use that board again. Okay. Do not bo- and do not burn an Ouija board either. I'm going to put it up on, on Patreon, like all the rules for Ouija. Yes, I'm sure we'll cover it at some point, but never burn a board. What's the problem Don't, with burning it? Like, wouldn't you want to after um, you stop playing with it? I guess the best way to put it is, especially once those is there, once a demon has touched it or has used the board, by burning it, you're calling it back or okay. intensifying the power through fire. Like, you got to remember where they're quote unquote coming from. Right. Like, they're coming yeah, from yeah. hell. They, you know, fire is an energy. So what you're doing is you're giving it more energy. Right. I, yeah. No, I I mean, I, I don't even... Like, There's some guy who people who have connected with Zozo via Ouija board, they'll just mail the Ouija boards to him and he cleanses them kind of. Oh, okay. But they're never used again. He doesn't destroy them. He keeps them somewhere with lots of holy water, I'm assuming. And I mean, that's the way to do it. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. That's everything about Zozo. He's not a fun dude. A lot of I saw like on Reddit people like, yo, me and Zozo are friends. We talk. And I don't know if they're being like stupid or if, like, they're in, like, that false sense of security part, he's not fun. He's not nice. He will ruin your life. I am not a superstitious – I'm not really a superstitious person. Um, like, all the supernatural and stuff with, like, a grain of salt. And I'm not, like, a skeptic. I'm kind of in the middle. I will never fuck with a Ouija board. That scares the yeah. shit out of me. It's It always yeah. scared the shit out of me. And it was yeah, at one it. of um, Lorraine Warren's talks. She was like, don't ever do it. And I was like, done. Got it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So that's terrifying. That's one way to spend Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't do that by the way. Don't get a Ouija board and do that on Halloween. It's not okay. Yeah. Jesus no, Christ. I have goose pimples right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like my whole thing is team death lately. But I promise I'll go back to the other side. I promise. I wanted to go into the man who created the check your candy myth. So this is going to So it's be, like one person? Yes. Well, I, there's a little okay. bit of background and I'm going to go into that, but is Ronald Clark O'Brien is nicknamed the Candyman and the man who killed Halloween. I listened to This is Monsters podcast and his name is Giles. He's very cool. I have chatted with him on Facebook through Messenger. Oh my god, and it's I, like you know a celebrity. I told him I said I feel like we'd be friends and he's like we would totally be friends. And I was like we would be oh great friends. God, I love it. He did an episode on um Ronald Clark O'Brien and I wanted to go into the background because it's really interesting where this whole there's razor blades and there's poison in your kids candy comes from. It's called the whole check your candy idea came from the late 1700s when doctors began to blame contaminated candy for children getting ill. So kids got sick. They were like, well, it's probably candy. 
So that's kind of... Could it be because they ate too much of it? That's 90% of the time what I did. Yeah. But this was due to really interesting history point, the Industrial Revolution of the time, because it changed from the homemade mom and pop store. You know, someone would be making the sweets and you'd be like, okay, here you go, to factory processed. So now people are like, well, we don't know what the ingredients are. We're not familiar with the machines um, and it's made by strangers. So we don't know what actually goes in there. What's your favorite candy? I Sorry. love Milky Ways. And minor Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh my God, I love those. But like, it's the Milky Ways and it's the Butterfingers for me. I, yes. I love the brittle. Oh, like Bart Simpson. Yeah, Don't lay a finger I on my Butterfinger. I love it. Those are my favorite. And it kind of makes sense when you think about the factory point of view because you're like, yeah. I guess that makes sense. And all of a sudden it went from like, now everything can be processed. So the candy actually started to, according to um, This Is Monsters podcast, a scapegoat for dying children. So children would get sick and they would die and they would be like, well, it's got to be the candy. It's processed. Um, yeah, because that's what it is. Right? So... In 1780, the U.S. Bureau of Chemistry tested all kinds of candy, and there was no evidence of this, so the myth for a while subsided. They're like, guys, chill out. Okay, we're good. Then in, like, the 1960s, it came up again, and this is going to be a screwed up reason. In 1960, the neighborhoods began to integrate racially. So, again, it's around the civil rights movement, (gasps) right? So that, yeah, yeah. So people started to distrust their neighbors because they're like, we don't know them. Like, they're very racially motivated. So they just assume that people may have poisoned candy in order to get back at people. Okay. Then... Ew, I I know. Then in 1970, the New York Times published an article which really started to get everybody all crazed. Um, It warned parents that their kids' candy may have razor blades, needles, lie, or sleeping pills. Why would I waste my fucking sleeping pills on a kid? Well, not sharing my edibles. I'm sorry. And I understand that right now there's like a fentanyl crisis and stuff, but I don't... Again, as the studies go on, it's going to be very clear that it's, again, this is just a fear-mongering because that's what this is yeah the university of delaware did a study between 1958 and 1983 and all that time between they found less than 90 cases that can be qualified as candy tampering and out of the cases that could none could be linked to random people just giving kids candy just to poison them it had something to do with parents were looking to be like hey look my kids candy's poison to get like attention and to keep it going or kids just what dicks yeah, right why do people suck so the media can use today to promote the idea because it keeps that idea and that fear alive even though there is zero proof of that even then what's the point like, why should I be afraid of my candy that I get on Halloween? Right. It's not even like a cool one. It's not like, oh, the zombies are coming. Like, right. It's not even like a cool reason. What's the point? Exactly. Like, do they want to bankrupt the candy company? Do they want to stop trick-or-treating? Like, there's no end to this. There's no right. point. Because you're right. It's not like there's a cause. It's not like they're like, we want to shut down something. And that's why we want to. Like, I'm. Unfortunately, in the 60s, like, you know, like you were saying where integration was happening or whatever, I kind of get, I hate it, but I understand what the mindset of it was saying African-Americans in this neighborhood are not saying that this is what happened, but to create that narrative, I understand that point. But like today, Mm -hmm. what's... 
why tell my kid, oh, there's a razor blade, don't eat your candy? And how are you getting a razor blade and candy without somebody noticing? I'm sorry, that's right. stupid. And that's kind of where our story um, takes place today Got because it. it makes sense. It's one of those cases where it's it's not random. So, so is this one of the ones where the parent just wanted attention? No. This is a okay. little bit darker. Or oh. a little dumb, I should say, because okay. he's also an asshole. All right, so I'm ready. Ronald Clark O'Brien, um, he lived with his wife. Wait, shit. I just thought about this. Yeah. Something's going to happen to his kid. Just, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Okay. <laughs> so he lived with his oh. wife, okay. their son, Timothy, and daughter, Elizabeth. Okay. He worked okay. as an optrician in Texas State. So again, I'm kind of going back to Texas from a couple of weeks ago. you go? Yeah. So wait, opt. It's an eye doctor, eye doctor. Right? Mm-hmm. And also he was a deacon of a second Baptist church, which also makes this kind of whole story a little fucked. Ugh. October 31st, 1974. O'Brien and his kids went with their neighbor and their kids. Um, they okay. went trick-or-treating. Now it was raining, so they really only went to a couple of houses. So they went to one home and nobody answered the door. So the whole group was like, you know what? Forget it. Because it happened, like, nobody answers the door. You just move on and call it a loss. Well, dad stayed behind for a little bit. And when he caught up with the group, he was holding five 21-inch pixie sticks. So that's like the long big ones. ones. Yeah. Oh, shit. And he said, I got them from the house. While you guys were leaving, he gave them to me. So he gave each of them. Were they in the rich neighborhood? Because, you know, the rich neighborhood gives out the best candy. That's kind of what this guy was implying. I got it from some rich house. Okay. So he gave one to each of the kids. And then he had one left over. So he just ended up giving it to one of the neighborhood kids that he recognized from church who happened to be walking by. Okay. Okay. All right. So now when they got home, the kids were allowed to have one piece of candy. So Timmy chose the pixie stick. Now, the pixie stick, he needed help opening because it was stapled closed. Now, if you've ever opened a pixie stick before, it's not stapled. Riggs doesn't like where this is going. I don't like where this is going. So... It was but don't they usually like hair straightener it shut? Yes. No, that's not what it is. But like but it's, they melt but it's it shut. Like, yeah, it's melted shut, so you just like cut crimped? it. Yeah. So it's not stapled. So he I don't like it. Dad helped him open it. Okay. Good. So Tim ate a little bit of it and he was com- And he didn't think why is this stapled? He's, I don't like this. The kid was like eight. <laughs> like they're the kids ate. It's a huge pixie stick. What are you going to say? You know, it's a lot of sugar. And you like, got it from your dad. Right. So, like, you know. And I don't like this guy. So, no, we hate him. We I collectively hate him. hate him. I hate it. So, okay. It's our Tim, dick of the week. Tim, he said it kind of tasted bitter. So, dad was like, okay, and had him wash it down with Kool-Aid. So, no no biggie. Okay. Within Was it Kool-Aid or Flavor-Aid? It's a, was it real Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid? Or was it, like, Jonestown? Oh. Ah! That's, that's fucked. Jonestown is fucked. Oh, my God. That's so fucked. We're going to cover that, yeah, too. Yeah, I saw a documentary on that, and it made my heart hurt. And I was like, I don't know about this. We haven't even gotten to the bad part of this story, no. and my heart is hurting. Because yeah. I, I see where it's going, right. and I don't like it. Right. So within Ugh. minutes of eating the pixie stick, Tim started to say he had really terrible stomach pains. He started vomiting and convulsing. <gasps> So, oh, the baby. Yeah. So dad was holding him, and then O'Brien claims that his son went limp in his arms. This motherfucker did it! Wait, sorry. Wait, I'm getting to I'm sorry! It. So 
Unfortunately for Tim, en route to the hospital, he ended up passing away. And this was less than an hour after eating the pixie stick. And he didn't even eat the whole pixie stick. He, he just had only had a little bit. He only had a little bit. After hearing of this, parents in the neighborhood were like, holy were scared so they started turning yeah. in the, their candy to the police because they were afraid it was laced with something and originally the police even say o'brien wasn't a suspect because like he was just recalling the story but eventually they thought it was weird that when he was recalling his story to them he didn't really cry but they were like it's odd but there's no reason for us to believe that it was him yeah. until oh boy they got the pixie stick and they f- tested it and they that there it contained fatal doses of potassium cyanide. <gasps> oh my god, so, that's not a fun way to go. That poor little kid. So oh my god. I have pictures of Tim on the drive. He's a, a darling. He's like he adorable. he looked so sweet. Dad's a douchebag. We hate him, by the way. Okay, we're still playing. Hate that guy. Now, the other parents, when the cops found out that it was the pixie stick, the other parents whose kids took the pixie sticks were terrified because they were like, fuck. Now, luckily, the neighbor's kids didn't take any. They said they that wasn't they they chose. So they were unopened. The one son who he had given it to, the parents flipped out. They couldn't find the pixie stick and they were like, where is it? They ran upstairs. Their son had fallen asleep with it in his hands because he couldn't open it. <gasps> oh, thank God. Right? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Right? So thank you, he baby was so Jesus, close. in your little cradle at Christmas. Yes. Oh, my God. So if he had been able to open it because there weren't staples in it, he would have had the same fate as Tim. It's so oh my crazy. god did they test that one too that one had the cyanide in it oh yes did they all have yes so he, let me tell you how much was in there because they after testing it um the pixie stick that killed tim okay the one that was in his possession okay. contained enough cyanide to kill two adults okay the other four pixie sticks that were distributed to the other kids it was enough to kill three to four adults in each so motherfucker poured that in, right? Yeah. Do you think he shook it up? Did he, I, or did he just put I it don't on know. top? Well, no, he. That's probably why it was better because he, he only put it on top. He um, opened the pixie stick, obviously, because you have to. Poured out some of it. Poured the cyanide in. So, if I'm thinking about this, I probably don't even. He might have shaken it, but it doesn't matter because he put all of the cyanide at the top, so it was going to get in anyway. You know. That's why Tim said it tasted bitter because it wasn't candy. Ugh. So. I hate it. Originally, like when the police yeah. asked, O'Brien said he couldn't remember what house he got the pixie sticks from. They only went to like two houses. Which that was why they were like, mm, I don't know, it's us because you said you only went to two because it was raining. And he was like, oh, that's right. Okay, so the guy wouldn't answer the door. So then he's like, now I remember. Okay. He didn't answer the door at first. But then the guy opened the door a crack and then just literally handed him the three pixie sticks and then closed the door. So he's like, I didn't even see Yo, the does guy. this bitch even, is there even a dude that lives in this fucking house? I bet you some there old is. little lady. Who there is a guy. Who oh, <gasps> oh my God, this poor guy. Okay, going, I'm so, sorry. This house, okay. It belonged to Courtney Melvin, who was an air traffic controller. He did not get off of work until 11 p.m. that night, and that could be verified by 200 people that were in Thank it. God for that man. So, oh, that, could you imagine? 
So he's like, I didn't give out candy. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So the police were like, okay, we know that this guy's our guy, but they're trying different techniques in the interview room. And they're like, all right, how he had to do it was it was raining. He had it in his coat and then waited for the perfect opportunity, pulled them out, you know, the whole bit. All right. So again, right now we're still in the beginning stages. I don't like him. Here's the motive behind this. And this is where the cops went. We got this guy. O'Brien was over $100,000 in debt. And to today's standards, that's $590,000. So he is like in debt. Okay. Oh, shit. He couldn't hold down a job. So in fact, he was fired from 21 jobs in the 10 years preceding the crime. And it was suggested that um, he was going to be canned from this current job because of the fact that they were suspecting he was stealing from them. I don't like him. No. His car was repossessed. He defaulted on bank loans and the house was in foreclosure. Oh, my gosh. So in January of that year, now we're in same year, but like months before. um, Okay. O'Brien took out a $10,000 or $59,000 life insurance policy on both of his children. Okay. Oh, God. Premeditated. I hate it. (sighs) And one month before the ordeal. He took yeah. out another 20000 or 118000 policy on both of his children, despite the um, company saying, I don't think you should do that. I that's only sixty grand, though. Like, back then, that's only sixty grand between was, the two of them. So it's not even his, all of his debt. And he doesn't have anything to, like, keep living on. Right. Like, that's not even enough. He's it so was, stupid. It was, I hate this man. So, well, total, totaling altogether, if you total all the policies, it was... $60,000 or yeah. in today's, uh, you know, today's standards, it's $356,000 worth of life insurance on his kids. Oh now, again, you can take out as many policies as you want, but the fact that the insurance company was like, I don't know if you should do that. When the insurance people are telling you don't spend money right? on insurance. Because like... you already said. Now, his wife knew nothing about these policies, so she was completely blindsided by this whole thing. So once they started to uncover all this, she was like, yeah. the fuck? So when they um, inspected the home, one of the former detectives said that they had found an adding tape. Now, again, like those old timey calculators that you do yeah so he found an adding tape that had his bills on it okay next to the numbers and it came out to almost the same amount so he had his bills and then the life insurance policy stuff almost it came out to the same amount so that kind of made the oh okay so he was trying to so he was saying okay these policies are gonna at least get a good portion if not all of the debt erased Yeah, yeah, yeah. So prior to the day, O'Brien was said to have gone to a chemical supply store to buy cyanide, but didn't because the smallest amount he can purchase was five pounds. And he was like, no thanks. Why do you need more than five pounds? Like, I don't. I don't get it. He said it's not enough. I thought he didn't want to pay for five pounds if he only needed like a pound. No, he was, he's like the smallest amount they would allow him to buy was that. And he was like, no. So his coworkers also noted as of late, he had an unusual interest in cyanide and also how much was needed to kill somebody. 
because he asked people this. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong wow. with you? So despite <laughs> claiming that O'Brien, he was like, no, I had nothing to do with this. They could never tell where he got the cyanide from. So that it would, that was never proven where he got it from. And he continued to say, I never did this. He was arrested November 5th of that year. Okay. He was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Good. In court, his brother and sister-in-laws testified that at his son's funeral, O'Brien spoke of using the money to take a vacation and buy items. I fucking hate him. Mm -hmm. I hate him. I don't like him. I hope he, you said he's dead? His ass oh, yes, all he was day long He forever. was executed. We're going to get to that. Um, Good. Fuck but him. He, his wife was like, fuck you and did not stand by him. She testified that Timmy did not choose the pixie stick, but dad <gasps> forced it upon him. I am surprised this man made it to the fucking trial because I would have killed my husband mm -hmm. for this shit. I'd be like, cyanide? Really? You want to see me beat yep. the shit out of you with a fucking frying pan and then put your body in a tub with a fucking toaster? Agreed. I hate this man. Mm -hmm. Hate him. So his defense lawyers attempted to blame decades of the urban legend and poisoning of candy. So it had nothing to do with him. It's just people do that which again has been proven by science that it hasn't. It took jurors 46 minutes to find him guilty. That's too long. And then it took 71 <laughs> minutes to determine the death sentence. So he was Oh, that's definitely too to long. Death. In jail, it was told that he was despised by inmates because he was a child. That's killer. how you know you fucked up mm -hmm. when the people in jail for killing and murdering and doing horrendous things hate you. you. That's how you know. So yeah. he had not a friend, not a soul that would help him or talk to him or whatever. Because again, as a child Good. murderer, you, you don't get Good. much love in prison. No, absolutely not. He was executed March 31st, 1984 by lethal injection. After oh, I wasn't even born yet. After numerous delays. So this was like the third time that they had it scheduled. And at one point, the judge was like, listen, OK, the next time we do this, I will drive you myself there. We're not doing any more of these delays. So and in his you can look at I actually I wanted to read nothing of his stuff because I just thought he's despicable in all sense. He like said when they were like, do you have any last words? Because they always <gasps> yeah, do what were his last words. Well, he, wait, wait, did he have a last meal? He did. I didn't really think it was, again, it was too good for him. So I was like, I don't want to talk about what he ate. But it is on okay. Wikipedia. So his basically his whole last spiel, because it's a, it's yeah. like paragraph where he was like, like, I can't believe that this is happening. This is so wrong. Everybody who believes this and blah, blah, blah. So he went on a rant about still, I'm innocent. And woe is me. The best I... part of this whole thing. Okay was mm -hmm. people, of course, watched the executions. Um, people who yeah. watched, okay, when he was officially announced dead, they cheered. So some of them were saying, trick or treat while eating candy. I think it's just I perfect. I think love it's perfect. that. Yes, um, perfection. The problem with this particular story is that it makes people more scared. After this, in particular town, um, the cops even said years after this, people would turn in their candy to us. We had rooms full of candy to be tested because people were scared and trick-or-treating didn't happen for quite a while. Um, so that's why he's known as the guy who destroyed Halloween because he's 
Yeah, I think I would definitely, if I was like a kid then and I still wanted to go trick-or-treat, I would go like two or three towns over. Yeah. I'd go where all the rich people were to give me full-size candy or the iPods. Or like what I do is I just go to CVS, buy a whole bunch of bags that I like, and then I keep what I want and then just be like, I want (laughs) trick-or-treat. We buy candy and the first candy to go is the candy we hate. Like that's what we hand out first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they can have this. stupid. Like last year I like gave out, like I just poured like random in my candy jar. I don't even know where I got these. And I just kind of like poured them in. It's like Easter fucking Kit Kat bars. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I'm like, everybody took it. So it's fine. Cool. I don't even get trick-or-treaters where I am. We've lived here for three years. I think this is like our fourth Halloween. It's coming up on our third or fourth Halloween. We've never gotten any trick-or-treaters really? here. I'm very upset. Aww. Yeah. And I always, like, I always buy the candy and I leave it out and nobody comes. So then I eat it. So this year we just bought some Reese's pumpkins at uh, Aldi. Yep. And... Like, hopefully, like, I want people to come, but I don't have candy for them this year. So, fuck you, don't come. But I please do the, come because I need you to come. Yeah, we do the bucket <laughs> because we're on the second floor. Like, I'm not going all the way down the stairs every single time. So, Wait, so you put the candy in the bucket and drop it out a window? No. Is that what you're saying? No, what are you I doing? put it on the porch. Oh, my God. But then what if somebody steals, like, the whole bu- like the whole bucket? Well, that's what like, happened last year. With their year. pillowcase. Well, that's what happened last year. And they kicked my bucket down the street. <gasps> yeah. No. So... My so, douchebag kid. Of kids. course, my husband's like, I'm gonna fucking get a BB gun and fucking kill them. And I was like, okay. No, you know right, what you do now? Right. When they ring the doorbell, you put it down the window and drop it down, and they gotta take their candy out. <laughs> yeah, and then you pull it back up really quick. You gotta be quicker, gotta than, be that. quicker than that. <laughs> I love that idea. I fucking love it. Yeah, well, oh my gosh. Do that. I Well, that was a great story. Well, not a great story. No, you did a really good job telling it. We had it. some good Halloween stuff this year, so that's exciting. I got to tell you, as you're telling the story, I kept getting, like, my stomach. I got like, this pit there, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. That's why I'm like, it's him. Just fucking tell me it's him. It's, I can't. It's I such hate an it. awful, It's such an awful story, and, like, leading up to it, you've got to be some kind of fucking monster to, like... To be like, I'm going to take life insurance policies out of my kids and kill them. Like, you've got to be some What a horrible monster. human. What a horrible human. I do, again, shout out to This Is Monsters podcast. Again, Giles is great. He has amazing stories. Um, so definitely check him out, too. Because his Oh, my God. I'm going to add awesome. him to my lineup. <gasps> That's awesome. I don't know if we'll answer because I suck at answering... Uh, anybody so if jen answers you that's great <laughs> jen likes yeah i i have a hard time doing that well happy halloween everyone stay safe stay in groups who's sam who's that Okay. I don't like scary movies. Things pop out at me and then I cry. Like a little bitch. Okay. Oh, good. But it's on our website, so go check it out. All right, fam. Come back next time. Bye.